Hello everybody. We're back again with stories from the old stone house and just wanted to say that this is an evolving project. It's a goal of Scott and and me to talk together and reminisce on some amazing events that happened more than 40 years ago when we first came together and even a little before that time because Scott lived in the stone house before I came to live with him. And so today, Scott's going to be the one who closes his eyes and chooses a subject from our story map that we've developed around our life at the Old Stone House near West Concord, Minnesota, out in uh, southeastern Minnesota more than 40 years ago. So Scott, here's the map. Why don't you go ahead and close your eyes and choose a subject? If you'll place the map on the table, I will do that. I can just see it with my peripheral vision, <laughs> so I can't read and cheat by intentionally going to any part uh, or little circle that we've drawn out previously. So I'm going to hit a place in the southeastern <laughs> corner of this page, and it'll be right there, whatever that Okay, would so read. let us see what this is. Oh, a lovely subject, the sauna. Ah, there's a good subject for sure. Because today, here in Washington State, happens to be a drizzly and slightly snowy at higher elevation day when a sauna would be a most welcome thing. Right, and by the way, it's September 29th, 2019, so this is quite early for this kind of weather where we see snow on the foothills just above where we live. True that. And there was something compelling about living in rural Minnesota back in the 70s when winters were still winters. Uh, there was something very compelling about access to a sauna. And my first sauna experience that I recall in Minnesota was that everybody seemed to have a key to the men's gym uh, that was down across Highway 19 from the rest of the Carleton campus. And so it, a wonderful occupation was to go after hours to the Carleton College sauna, which was large enough for probably... Uh, 15 to 20 people on cedar benches inside that sauna. Wow, that's amazing. So it just sounds like such a Scandinavian tradition out there in the winteriness of rural Minnesota gathering together in a incredibly warm sauna, I'm sure. How did you how did you get there in the in the dead of winter? Did you did you have to cross some highway or how was that going down to the stadium for especially when i lived in the dorm called musser uh, which was right across the road from the stadium uh, was quite a simple thing it was just a matter of walking it down a sidewalk uh, or across a snowy hill down to highway 19 which was a two-lane blacktop that led out of town in northfield and on the other side was the laird stadium and the uh, Carleton football field, the playing field. So there's quite a large flat athletic field there on the kind of floodplain of the Cannon River. And the stadium, as I recall, was 
built with the same bricks that Burton and Severance and Davis Halls were all constructed of, looking very low-rise and Ivy League down there. And underneath the seats of the stadium, underneath the bleachers, was a gym complex, including an indoor running track, Whoa. which was had banked turns on it, <gasps> and a rubber uh, composition, sort of soft tread finish, uh, which was an amazing place, uh, when if you were uh, sufficiently energetic after having your sauna, that is a very hot room, then a very cold shower, uh, you could sprint around the track several times. Wow. And nothing quite like that for <laughs> relieving winter boredom. So so tell, tell us what the sauna itself was like. Well, the sauna experience, as I recall, uh, was a very hot and relatively dry room, uh, although some people did like to pour dippers of water on the hot stones. There was a large electric kiln sort of operation inside of a uh, cedar board uh, rectangle and it had wires, protective wires across the top so nobody could fall into the stones. But it was from those very hot stones that were electrically heated uh, that the heat for the sauna room came. And so the temperature generally would be uh, over 130. Uh, so this was a warm room, and in fact, uh, later on in our rural saunas, we could get the temperature up to about 150 or 160. Okay, so yeah, we want to get get to that story of our uh, sauna at the Stone House, but it's uh, suffice to say that all those saunas that you took while a student at Carleton must have uh, been inspiring to you to create your own sauna at the Stone House, and I'm just curious about, because it was happening when I got there, so uh, talk a little bit about how the sauna at the Stone House came into being, which was how many years after you graduated from Carleton? Uh, that would have been a full four years after, so I was a, a graduate student in independent organic agricultural studies for those four years, and part of that was going through the process of heating with wood and also figuring out how to have a water supply on a homestead that had been built in the 1860s Whoa. and simply had a spring uh, trickling out of a limestone cliff that supplied all of the water for that homestead. So this was really a project in creating a, uh, a very simple lifestyle, but one that was uh, efficient use of the of the resources that you had and uh, so I'm curious about your water system and how that all worked out because that was integral to the sauna working as well. The water system was the reason that the sauna had to be where it was and the sauna was built using a tiny little building that was sort of an old granary uh, that I actually physically moved across the lawn by rolling it on some logs. Wow, uh, like a pyramid it, style. Pulling it with my Jeep pickup truck and then leveraging it the last few feet. Uh, but the what I did was I plumbed a pipe that came out of the limestone cliff where the seeping spring was that led to the purer water that was drinking quality. 
And with that pipe out of the cliff, I went downhill to a low spot, uh, which had been kind of swampy before, but that was because the water was just trickling forever out of the hill. It was just seeping, yeah. And in that spot, I dug a pit, and I I got a food-grade 55-gallon barrel, and into that barrel, I allowed the water to run from the hill, and then plumbed a a jet pump from Sears uh, in the Miracle Mile Mall in Rochester. I got a a jet pump from Sears that gave me water pressure. And the jet pump would run on demand, and we had running cold water to the house uh, with a bit of heat tape wrapped on that. So the water and the pump had to be protected from freezing in the Minnesota winter, and that was where I built the superstructure of what would become the sauna on top of that in-ground water-holding tank that was holding the spring water that would be our water supply. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I'm curious, did you have any faucet in the in the sauna itself? I'm trying to remember if we had any running water in the sauna itself. We did have running water in the sauna itself, and in fact... Uh, there was a a wood-burning hot water heater in the sauna, uh, and so there was water pressure to a wood-burning hot water heater, which was plumbed so that the smoke went out, but the hot water stayed in. And even during the summer, mm-hmm. you could have a hot shower, uh, and since there was an electric on-demand pressure pump there, that jet pump created the pressure. Yes, and I remember we put a... Uh, old clawfoot bathtub into the sauna as well. So we had this lovely wood-fired hot water heater that would heat up a lot of gallons of water in just a short amount of time with a handful of kindling wood. And so we had that. But we also, uh, even before we had the wood-fired hot water heater and the bathtub, we had the sauna. And I'm just curious if we can talk a little bit about that and and some of the the funny things that we recall about about it. So yeah. Well, the the to make a sauna in Minnesota, all you need is a closed room and a wood stove, uh, and then it just depends on how well insulated that room is, how long it will hold any heat from the wood stove, and it's a a little bit of a dance because. Uh, you can easily overheat a room if your wood stove is too big or if your fire is too intense in that stove. Uh, so there's there's a wood-burning sauna is quite different from an easily controlled electric sauna. And so we only had a wood-burning sauna. That's just the way it was. So how hot would it get sometimes? Uh, I think the hottest that I ever saw it inside that little building was just shy of 180 Oh my gosh. And so how hot was it when we would go in? What's the hottest that we tolerated? We topped out at about 145 to 150. Yeah, I think I can remember mistakenly wearing a a metal necklace on and the thing just starting to sear my skin with the heat that was in that room. That's true. And the tip for all you people saunaing out there is 
take them hot, make it short, and don't wear jewelry. Yes, right. And uh, I think we we had insulated with uh, styrene foam that insulated the uh, the sauna, and there was a little bit of uh, <laughs> misshapenness when we got those really hot saunas going. That that was a mistake to use the styrene <laughs> foam because oh. at a certain temperature, uh, somewhat less than two hundred degrees, it will begin to outgas and stink and change shape yeah. uh, curling up in <laughs> the weirdest in the weirdest ways yeah. uh, although Frank Geary who designed the experience music project and a few other architectural wonders would probably have appreciated those shapes oh yes I'm sure so let's talk about what it was like to get down to the sauna from the house in the winter time because that's when we took the saunas and in the years that we were at the stone house we had really wintry winters, like sort of like the winters they might have on Neptune. As Charlie Overby would put it, absolutely right. Yeah, wintering in Minnesota is like living on Neptune. Okay. So what was it like to go down <laughs> to the sauna from First the First of all, the stone house was perched slightly above the area that would have been the floodplain for Millican Creek. The sauna building was down in the low spot, a uh, swampy area where water had been running for years, where the burdock cocklebur plants would grow seven to nine feet tall uh, and take over the world by about the end of May. But the stone house was somewhat a, a few feet above that on the hillside, so it would never be subject to water in the house as long as the roof was intact, uh, which meant that there was a path from the house curving down to get to the lower elevation where the sauna was. And that path was treacherous as it got packed down by walking. And uh, there's... Uh, when you're walking in, in your slippers in the stone house, it's fine as long as you're on level ground, but the type of slippers that I had at the time were these leather-soled old-fashioned kind of Romeo slippers and they were terrible for going down the icy path to the sauna and you had to dig the edges of them in <laughs> to get some purchase and still it was certainly possible to fall right on your butt while you're in your bathrobe on the way to the sauna. Yes, I just don't know why you kept wearing those things and maybe it's just because as a child you were very used to sliding down icy slopes just with your shoes. So that's not something that I, growing up in Kansas City, Missouri, was ever very adept at. But at any rate, um, you didn't fall. I don't think you did. Well, not that I recall anyhow, but it's easy to forget those mishaps. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I think this is a good place to end. And it was a pleasure talking about our sauna. It was a wonderful way to get clean and really warm in the depths of winter, wouldn't you say? Oh, it's true. There's no doubt about that. And a full disclaimer, uh, we were not advocates of repeatedly jumping into the snow or beating each other with birch switches <laughs> or any any appropriately Scandinavian thing like that. We We took them to sweat once and rinse off and be able to go back inside, uh, sometimes on the clothing optional walk back to the house. 
because your body was so overcharged with heat, it was very welcome to walk back into the chilly living room of the stone house yeah. with the fire going and feeling right. like your residual warmth could keep you warm for a while. Right, and watching the steam come off your body as you trod back up the hill. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A steaming walk back to the house in yes. sub-zero weather. Right. All right. Well, thanks for the story, and uh, we will be back. wonder how many minutes that came out.